to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. I'm your host, Michael T.Y.P. Cole, and with us today we have Jonathan Metz. I'm not your host anymore. What do you mean? Well, I, I used to be the host of Radio Trivia a long time ago. It, yeah. And then you shafted off the job to me. I, I was just trying to establish a contrast between your intro and my intro. You are the host. Yeah. I'm not the host. Thank you. I'm more of a All guest right, then. than anything. <laughs> well, as our guest, you have helped me choose some games. And if you're unfamiliar with the game, shame on you. This is a trivia game where you have to figure out the game based on the songs. By the way, so have... by the way, fair listeners, uh, my actual input is I throw out the first game that comes to my head, and then Michael goes and does the research on it and finds the music and selects the songs and writes the questions, usually. So my input is pretty minimal here. <laughs> I really can't take any credit for it. You founded the radio trivia, damn it. Okay, okay. You know, actually, I stole that idea. I've I've said this before, but I kind of stole it, but I vastly improved it and made it a good game. So. <laughs> All right, so let's just get started here. Um, you'll figure it out if you have never played this before. Oh, you like the 8-bit vibrato, huh? Oh, yeah. NES vibrato, you can't beat it. I mean, I don't even know how they pulled that off. (laughs) Through uh, hard work? (laughs) Yeah, some of that for sure. So you got a question here. You want to read it off? I do. I do. I have a a hint slash question. Um, Which character found in this game is appearing in two upcoming titles? 
and that's kind of vague, but uh, yeah. yeah. Let's put it this way. It's a character that hasn't been around in a very long time and is now um, coming back in two different games. Here's another hint. Uh, the, the game that this music is from is, is very closely related to the game that I am playing right now. Har har. <laughs> sound like a high school marching band. I think that's the idea, isn't it? Okay, well, maybe not a high school marching band, but the idea is to make it sound like a march of some sort, right? Of course, yes. Because? Uh, perhaps a military march. Why would that be? Well, it's a it's sort of a military game. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is Bionic Commando for the NES. And, uh, okay, so let me explain all my hints earlier. Uh, first the question, which character found in this game is appearing in two upcoming titles, and that is Super Joe. And Super Joe is kind of an obscure character, but he is the he um, was the star of Capcom's game Commando for the arcade and, and then ported to the NES. And um, in Bionic Commando, which was meant to be sort of a spin-off from the Commando series, um, <clears throat> he, he was uh, the character who the Bionic Commando, whose name I cannot remember, Jake something, I think, um, his mission was to go rescue Super Joe, who had been captured by the Nazis, uh, I mean the evil dudes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in the process of, of beating that game, you rescue Super Joe at some point. And the two upcoming games that Super Joe is appearing in, well, I, I know for a fact that uh, he is appearing in the in the remake, or the, the new sequel to Bionic Commando, which is called Bionic Commando. <gasps> that Capcom is doing, and uh, I'm not completely positive that he's appearing in Commando 3, but I would hope so, and that is a game that I believe is being done for um, Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network, and maybe WiiWare, that would be really nice, but uh, yeah, Commando 3, the, the last one, Commando 2 was called something else in America, I think it was called Mercs hmm. for Genesis, maybe? Oh, wow, that was a while ago, okay. And, um, 
Yeah, very long time ago. So this series has been dead for a long time. They're finally bringing it back. And the cool thing is, Commando 3 looks a lot like the first two Commando games. I mean, because it's a downloadable game. So it's pretty retro looking. So it looks like it's going to be a pretty... Kind of like a Contra 4 type sequel, if you will. Yeah. So this was the NES game, by the way. I know there's Bionic Commando for Game Boy, which which I guess is a sequel. Or, or, or maybe I a... Yeah, adaptation. I think it is a sequel, but I don't know much about the Game Boy version. I think someone told me that like the first level is the same as the NES, and then after that, the levels are new. Um, but uh, they, yeah, Nintendo Software Technologies also made a, uh, a sequel-slash-remake um, for the Game Boy Color that's completely different from the, from the original Game Boy version. And that is also called just Bionic Commando. So at this point, I think the new one coming out for 360 and PS3 will be the fourth game in this series called Bionic <laughs> Commando. There's never actually been a Bionic Commando 2 oh. or Junior or whatever. <laughs> That's They're all just called Bionic Commando. It's very confusing. But uh, yeah, the Game Boy Color one is fantastic. It's unbelievably hard. It's one of the hardest games I've ever played, but uh, it's great. One of the best games NST ever made, actually. So, what does NST mean that isn't been like leashed off of some other game in one way, shape, or form that hasn't been canned? The I was gonna say Project Hammer is the only thing of theirs I can think of that was actually an original IP. Everything else has been based on other franchises. They made Crystalis, Bionic Commando, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, uh, Super Mario Brothers um, Deluxe. They made that. I think yep. I thought that was made in Japan. Nope. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, 1080 Avalanche Wave Race Blue Storm. Yeah. Metroid they, Prime Hunters. Hunters. Exactly. They pretty much make sequels to other series that the original creators don't want to do anymore. Uh, except in the case of Hunters. Right. The, Retro didn't even know about that game. Right. It was kind of like a what? <laughs> I I think the story is that. We're getting way off track here, but I think the story is that um, NST had some kind of tech demo for it that they that they um, put together, and it was fairly far along, and they thought, wouldn't it be cool if we stuck Samus in here and put in a little more fall action? And uh, and then they showed it to Retro, and if you look at the final game, it's, it's not hard to figure. That's probably exactly what happened, because it kind of feels like the Metroid stuff is slapped on there onto an existing game engine that they had which is an impressive engine I'll say that for it um, to, to, to clarify my other hint um, the relationship between Bionic Commando and the game that I'm currently playing um, is uh, one of the Mega Man games on DS and those series have a lot in common oh, well, they like Capcom, right? yeah, but uh, in, in the style of the music and uh, the gameplay even they're they have a lot in common, really. Yeah. Because Bionic Commando gets, you know, everyone remembers it for the arm, but there's also a lot of shooting and platforming in that game. And uh, in some way, minus the jumping, it is very similar to Mega Man in a lot of ways. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, go on to game two before we go on another tangent. <laughs> yeah. That's why you have me on.
Well, um, I, I don't even know what this game is because I didn't pick it, but uh, about 75% of the melody in that song uh-huh. is uh, pretty much identical to the melody to a couple of Bob Dylan songs from the early 60s. <laughs> um, one is, uh, um, what is it, M- uh, Psycho, I'm blanking, um, I'll tell you in a minute. But the, uh, it's two songs he did on two different albums, and they were practically the same song with different words. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Motorcycle, Mo- Motorcycle Nightmare is the first one. The other's like uh, Bob Dylan's 112th Dream or something like that, where he talks about riding on the Mayflower. It's, it's pretty well known. Anyway. Plagiarism! I, I just couldn't get that out of my mind when I was listening to it. I was like, oh my god. It's really, really similar. Anyway. harmonica dude no <laughs> that didn't sound like anything so <laughs> oh, it was like a standard blues progression right was it I don't know I'm I'm really not good at chord progressions I should be but I'm not have a hard time with that well uh, maybe you'll have a better time with this question what Nintendo franchise mm, I doubt it alright what Nintendo franchise <laughs> made its American premiere in this game franchise made its premiere in this game? Yes. Okay.
So I haven't played this game. This was actually a crim request, which mm. he submitted through the normal form, and I don't, I didn't feel right making that game three because <clears throat> he's kind of on staff. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is a uh, you probably wouldn't figure it out unless you played it, but it's Game Boy Camera. Wow. Yeah. I actually own Game Boy Camera, and I would never ever guess that. Yeah. <laughs> so Game Boy Camera had a lot of little like four measure songs and things like that mm-hmm. but uh, I, I avoided those um, and the question about what, which franchise made its appear, American premiere uh, Pokemon I believe like Pikachu or I guess some of the Pokemon had little animations in there so it must have come out uh, after Pokemon came out in Japan before it came out in America that's that's my theory yes that sounds right <clears throat> I believe the camera came out in 97 because it was before Game Boy Color came out. It came out right. with Game Boy Pocket, and Pokemon was released in America at the end of 1998, which is the same time Game Boy Color came out, and that's when I got my first Game Boy, which was a Color and Pokemon. Yeah, I, And I, I got a camera that Christmas, but it had been out for a while. So, um, I guess the reason for that delay was, was probably uh, the fact that they had to recode the darn thing for America, right? With the camera? No, the Pokemon. That's why. Oh, yeah, Pokemon is a is a massive translation job. Yeah. You can do, especially the first one. I mean, the newer ones, they're just kind of adding a few extra things, but they recycle so much content. Right. I mean, I thought the story was uh, the the game code was so fragile and and finicky that changing any of the uh, text broke the game in the Japanese really? version. Really? So I had to re-implement it. That's amazing. Uh, for America. And so they probably didn't want to do that until they were sure that it was probably going to be successful. You know, It was so popular in Japan, it was worth the risk you know, to, to put in the extra effort. And uh, I don't know, I don't, my roommate really liked fooling around with his Game Boy camera for a while. Um, I never really it's saw fun. the appeal. It's really um, fun, actually. Not um, For one thing, the, the, what amazed me was that um, it, w- it was really the first affordable digital camera in America. And I was really fascinated by the fact that you could just go to camera mode and just move the Game Boy around, and you would see this, like, altered reality <laughs> on your screen in real time. Because it was it was just like an LCD on a, on a modern digital camera, except it's in black and white and really right. low resolution. But it moved as you moved the camera around. There was, like, a very slight lag, but it, it pretty much kept that. up. You're at, it, yeah, exactly. And it's, it, it kept up pretty well, and so... I spent a lot of time just looking at the screen and pointing it at things and just to see what they looked like, and I rarely took pictures because it was very, very sensitive to light, and unless you had a really bright room, it was hard to take a decent picture with it because it didn't have a flash or a light, obviously. It's hard to take a decent picture with four colors or whatever it had. For... Well, it was black and white. It had, you know, it it worked well with um, Game Boy Color because you could kind of choose colors. Hmm. But um, it was it was black and white, but the level of shading you could get on it is pretty impressive if you have good lighting situations. But it's kind of like a real camera. If you want to take interesting looking photos, you have to think about things like lighting and perspective. And if you go online, you can find some websites where people have taken some pretty spectacular photos of their Game Boy <laughs> camera. Really, I mean, it, there's a weird little subculture around it, but mainly the fun thing to do is there were just tons of little mini games that you could play and most of them were 
kind of actually now that I think about it, sort of a precursor to things like We Play, because instead of making a me, you would take a, a picture of your face, and it had a thing to do this, just like the PlayStation and Xbox cameras do, mm-hmm. where you stand, you know, you hold it in a certain right. position and take a take a picture of your face, and um, they had all these mini games where you would just put your face, you know, you'd cut it out of a picture you had taken and put your face on a character and play a stupid little game with it. And it was Game & Watch kind of stuff. But, I mean, you know how addictive that can be. Right. So there was some there was some neat stuff to do with it aside from just taking pictures. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So let's move on to the Game 3 that was actually chosen by a listener that isn't on staff. <laughs> <laughs> leave that burp in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking a, a rather a, an American-sized cola. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Big gulp. <laughs> I was a little drowsy when TYP asked me to record, so I, I went down to the street to the nearby restaurant, and it was kind of weird. I went in there and bought just a soda and uh, and walked back with it, and it's almost gone now, <laughs> which means it's all in my belly. All the bubbles. In your belly! They're in me. Let's just go on. you have ideas of what kind of game this is. 
but here's a question. The game's title refers to which of the game's villains? That's right, there's a villain in this game. This game was actually requested a few months ago by a reader named Ken, and unfortunately for Ken, I used it already about a month prior in the live version of Radio Trivia. So ah. I, I was, I'll play it eventually, but I got to hold off for a little bit. Um, this is well. I'm glad you remembered. I'm impressed that you remembered. Actually, oh, I, I have I have old emails I can look at. He really does care. I do care. This is Ogre Battle: The March of the Black Queen for the Super Nintendo. Ah. And uh, I didn't even realize this when I decided to use this game, but um, last Radio Trivia I played Treasure Hunter G, and I had no idea what else those composers had done. And two of them actually composed music for this game. So it was kind of a weird revelation. Well, the, the Ogre Battle games have very good music. I don't really care for them, very for the, for the games themselves, but they do have good music. It seems like there's a big falling for Person of Lord like Calibers. Is it just because there are so few games like that on the N64, or was it actually a good game? Yeah, and it's and it's pro- you know I think a lot of people consider it to be the best Ogre Battle game, but there are only like three total. Um, but you know it, was, it, was, it had the best graphics and the best music, and certainly there aren't many games like that on the N64. And I I remember borrowing it from Max Lake. And I had it for like six months. <laughs> I don't know. I probably played it for ten hours. Could not get into it at all. Just really didn't care. But well, you, very good. Well, music. you know what? I don't care much for Puzzle Quest. So there. Uh, man, you 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 gotta you gotta. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Puzzle Quest is pretty amazing, and it says so right there on the box. <laughs> That's right. Toot your own horn. It's a brilliant strategy game. <laughs> says NintendoWorldReport.com. I don't think they're going to know what you're referring to. Perhaps you should enlighten them. Oh, if, if they listen to Radio Free Nintendo, then they will know. And they should listen oh. to our. Okay, then. I talk about it there at the end. Is it that episode up already? Or maybe, by, I guess, by the time... No, it's the one we recorded today. So it'll, it'll be up around Thanksgiving. Okay. 
th- around Thanksgiving or Thursday for the rest of the world. <laughs> so, so uh, do you eat fried turkey or or non-fried turkey? I prefer roasted turkey to fried. Fried is a little dry, actually. Actually, it's very. I've never had fried turkey, but I, I was just talking today about uh, from someone I work with who, who grew up in the south. He's like, yeah, you know, everyone does fried turkeys down there. It, that's not true. It's it's not like um, it's not like fried chicken. I mean, it's actually it is like fried chicken in that it, it's a pain in the ass to make, <laughs> and so not many people will make I don't it. Know. It's not like fried chicken in that you cannot easily go to your neighborhood restaurant and buy some. I don't, I don't know so, if uh, you can classify them in the same league of pain in the ass because in one you can like take a crumb, the other one you can take a huge. I don't know if you have to do the bird hole, but still, these are huge parts. You know, turkey's bigger than a chicken, and so yeah. But have you ever made fried chicken? Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. It's really greasy, and, and it takes hours. I mean, it's 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 awful. The cleanup is unbelievable. And a turkey, at least when you fry a turkey, you're doing it outside, <laughs> so people and they really should not do this. But people will cook the turkey and then just pour the oil out on the uh... ground. And I know they do, but they do. They shouldn't, but they do. And, and they uh, wonder yeah, why really bad. these things cause fires. Oh. Yeah, I know. Well, in Colorado, what they would do is instead of pouring it out on the ground, they would pour it into their cars. <laughs> At least in Boulder. <laughs> yeah, I actually know people who make their own biofuel in their garages. It's pretty crazy. And it, and if you get and they love to talk about it, they'll start telling you. Uh, you know, I don't like to go to McDonald's because the oil is really dirty. I like to go to Thai restaurants and Chinese restaurants because they use higher quality cooking oil and stuff like that. And they, there's this one place I used to go to all the time, but then they changed brands. It's not oh good God. anymore. It's really weird conversations you get into with people. All right, so we've gone from ogre battle to biofuel. Biofuel. <laughs> awesome. It's a Johnny episode, that's for sure. Well, this next one was picked by you, so... this game and I don't even recognize that music. I'm surprised that music is in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Are you too? No, I, I, or... <laughs> yeah. That's why you picked that. <laughs>
that more like what you were expecting? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That was m- much better. I mean, not this first song wasn't bad, but it was kind of uncharacteristic <laughs> for this game. Well, it's my job to throw them off on the first song, right? Absolutely. Good job, sir. Thank you, thank you. I know my trade. So we've got a question. You want to read it off? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't write this question, so... Okay. <laughs> the game's namesake character became a running gag mascot for which company? I wouldn't I wouldn't have even known this. Very interesting. You'll have to tell me more about this after the after the third song. All right. Running gag mascot. Not Titus the Fox. character <laughs> that song's awesome that's like the that's the quintessential song from this game and what is the game Karnov Karnov hey dance dance Karnov dance dance Karnov so uh, the, the publisher was Data East and I guess maybe even the developer um, I think they're they're defunct now unfortunately they, yeah they are um, they, they tried shame. to stay in there but I guess they just could stay afloat. I hope someone owns Karnov. You know, I hope someone s- saved it and bought the rights. Yeah, so I I looked it up, but it's not on the page I'm looking at right now. But it was it was bought out by a company, but I think it was a company that specializes in like mobile uh, mobile games. So hmm. we, we we may not actually see it. It was a Japanese company, so we may never actually see it on like virtual console or anything. That's too um, bad. I don't know, depends on how much money they want. They should want to put it on NES Virtual Console, but we'll see. I'd buy but, it. I mean, Karnov's not a good game, but it is hilarious. <laughs> which is so, almost better than good. <laughs> Alright, so so Karnov appeared in a lot of games published by Data East. Did they? Not, what Like what? I didn't know this. So some of, a lot of them, I think, were released just in Japan, but oh. like he would show up as like a just like a standard enemy or maybe as a boss... Like, he would never be, like, the, the main guy, but he'd, like, show up. Like, um, Bad Dudes, the first boss. Is, is it Car- Really? It's Karnov, yeah. I want to play Bad Dudes now. Oh. I never played it. Right. I was not, I just, I knew as a child I was not a bad enough dude to save the president. <laughs> Actually, I think they, they sneak in a little bit of that third song when you fight him. Oh, really? Bad Dudes, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, he's showing up as, uh, let's see. Yeah, he appeared in, as an enemy in Tumble Pop. And I don't know. 
So he, he's appeared over and over again in these in Data East games, and it's just sort of a running gag. I think one time he showed up with like a muscle shirt on that has a big K on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, hold on. I think I'm going to look up. Uh... Okay, yeah. Uh, all the intellectual properties were acquired in February 2004 by G Mode, a Japanese mobile game content provider. I hope they become a licensed DS provider and we. Because Karnov is a great, great character. He's like this fat, magical Russian guy who breathes fire and flies <laughs> and climbs trees. But the game isn't actually good? <laughs> um, <laughs> it, It's funny. Like I said, no, it's not good. The controls are abysmal, and uh, it's just kind of insane. But... Uh, it actually, the most recent Karnov game, the only sequel that I know of is Dance Dance Karnov, which is a Flash game that was done at Something Awful. Right. It's and it's really funny. It's like a, I think you. It's kind of a dance with the with the arrow keys kind of a Flash game. Right. But it's like Dance Dance Revolution, except the music is based on the stuff we just heard, and you have this <laughs> big fat Russian bald guy dancing. I think he's more Mongolian than Russian, actually. I think but, you might uh, be right there. Yeah, he's kind of he has more of a more of a South Asian look to him. Um although there are people who look like that in Russia. So, that, so anyway, that was Karnov. <laughs> yeah. Dance Dance Karnov, check it out. It's it's brutally funny. All the uh all the bosses from that game are from the NES game and they're just as weird. <laughs> say about that song really so it's very pretty and japanesey
more Japanese. Yeah. Let's here here's a good hint. The music is almost the only good reason to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> really? I wasn't aware it was that bad of a game. <laughs> uh it's just not great. Alright, so But the music is pretty pretty spectacular, obviously. So. so uh what is the name of the big battleship you destroy near the end of this game? Without further ado, this is Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. I don't think I pronounced that correctly. For the <laughs> N64. Yep. And so this game, I've only heard of it. I know one of my friends played it and really liked it, but you know it was an early N64 game. Zelda wasn't out yet. I think I beat it. Wow. On a rental. Yeah. So the game isn't very good. Um, it's kind of like Ocarina of Time. Well, it came up before a great time. Right, yeah. The uh, the gameplay is not nearly as good, but it's the same structure. Basically, it's the same type of game. And um, it is funny, although I would say the the tech, you know, the writing and stuff like that is not really funny enough to make it worth slogging through, but the music is. So you think that might be a, a, a localization issue of not really capturing No, humor, it just wasn't or? that great to begin with. The localization was fantastic. In that Konami made the, the very ambitious decision to basically not localize it. They translated it, but they didn't localize it. So all the cultural references are still in there, and it ends up making the game very aloof. I mean, it, it's talking about all this stuff that is probably really funny in, in Japanese culture, but in American culture it just seems insane, which <laughs> makes it even funnier. Right. Um, and that's the reason to play it. And I, and I wish they would do that with more games. <laughs> Right. And they left all of the great uh, Japanese theme songs in and stuff like that. And, and that's why I hope, you know, uh, uh, eventually I hope they'll bring it to Virtual Console. And unfortunately, right now, there are no third-party games on Virtual Console for N64. But um, Well, there's another reason why it probably won't come out. Um, well, they could change it, but it used the uh, memory card expansion thing for the controller for its memory, right? For They're going to have to fix that at some point. 
because there were first party games that used that as well. And yeah, like uh, Mario Kart. <laughs> no, there there were some that depended on it, and mainly third party games did though. And there's so many good third party games, like uh, T- Turok or Turok 2 especially, and um, quite a quite a few others that use that. And if they if they want any third party support for N64, they've got to fix the emulator so that it supports the controller pack. Yeah. And I think they'll do it eventually. Hey, yeah, I just realized we didn't uh, give away the answer to our question. So, uh, see, the question was, uh, what is the name of the big paddleship you destroy near the end of this game? And uh, the answer is the Great Peach Mountain Battleship, which is also known as Balbera. And um, basically it's like a UFO that looks like a peach. So yeah, the, the music's pretty crazy and, and good in this game. We've used it over and over again in, in the history of radio trivia. Uh, and in fact, uh, you know, Brad made a comment saying, you know, I know J- Jason Ricky's good and all, but I like this new music from Gift Pia a lot, and it's really crazy and fun. And that should be our theme song. And I agree Gift with him Pia? that if, oh. you haven't, if you oh, haven't, I haven't, I haven't heard the last episode. That's why I don't know these references you're talking about. Well, you should listen to it. If you missed last, it's episode, on my iPod. I just haven't gotten to it yet. If yeah, if you missed the last episode, that was Japan-only games, and especially the last mm. song has interesting music, so I, I do recommend listening to it. Um, but um, I, I have to disagree with both and say that the real theme song for Radio Trivia, even if we don't really use it on a regular basis anymore, uh, is the I Am Impact from this game. Hells yeah. Um, and it always will be, and so I'd like to go out by playing that song. Any objections? No, no, I love it.
Bionic Commando is copyright 1988 Capcom. Game Boy Camera is copyright 1998 Nintendo. Hooker Battle The March of the Black Queen is copyright 1994 Quest and Imagineer. Carnov is copyright 1987 Data East. Mystical Ninja Starring Goemon is copyright 1998 Konami.